With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This episode contains depictions of drug use. Atlas Station. Take a lifetime of tension between landsfolk and recombined and seal it all up in the depths. Crush it beneath 300 atmospheres worth of pressure. See what happens. Close quarters and an extreme environment. Those factors alone were probably enough to generate a certain amount of enhanced cohesion. Plus, no matter how long the download lines, no matter their thirst for surface media, Atlas was cut off. Perhaps not so much the bottom of the world as the very edge of it. I began to see what Vale was after, and despite all the crap, maybe it really was there for the finding. I left Hoffman to his atrium. I expected to run right back into Jack's, but it appeared I was chaperone-free. Not that they needed a physical guard to keep tabs on me. There were cameras everywhere, which of course made the situation with Buchlin all the more grating. Footage existed, or had existed, to tell us just where Golden Boy had gone. Command suspected the Tritons. They'd been pretty explicit. I wasn't sure what Hoffman had to do with it all, but he knew more than he let on. I ignored his advice on the virtues of cleanliness and a good night's sleep. The basilisk drug wouldn't let me settle just yet anyway. I headed back to the bazaar and squeezed my way into the barrel eye. It was as much bar as you could possibly cram into a space so narrow, just bar and stools and a wall of glittering bottles all beneath the neon glow. I poured myself through the crowd. 
They eyed me with suspicion. Even with my tattoos covered, I stood out in such a tight-knit community, and word had likely spread. Perhaps that's why a spot opened up at the bar so quickly. I took it and caught the bartender's double-lidded eyes. What are you having? Whiskey. You want the good stuff or the cheap stuff? You have good stuff down here? Well, hey, you never know when a fresh face is going to show up. Uh, probably with a company spending account? Sure. Top shelf. I'd say it's more middle. A double, then. Gotcha. Before I could ask him anything more useful, he moved over to another patron. So I drank. It didn't matter how confident the black drug made me feel, I still needed something to do with my hands. A prop. A reason for squirming into a place like this and asking inconvenient questions. I had another. I showed off one of my blades to a plastered AUV tech, but refused to do a knife trick. That's more of a drink six thing. The crowd swelled, hot with mingled sweat and the saccharine breath of the inebriated. I brushed off a bramble-bearded worker's offer for another drink and rose to follow the bartender out through the bead-curtained rear exit. The room was tight. I worked my way out into the bazaar's back alley just in time to watch him slip into a toilet pod. I stalled and pretended to check out a handful of ragged flyers plastered to the rear of the bar. Addiction services. A prayer group of some kind. I glanced back down the row of pods and saw a familiar face. It stared back at me from the crowd, behind a trio of cavorting drunks by a tobacco machine. It was Vale. I kept a poker face, but began moving my way toward her through the crowd. After all, why wouldn't a nosy newcomer like me chat up a random blonde with a staring problem? I was just glad she'd made it out of the crate. I'd scarcely closed half the distance before she ducked away. I followed, pushing my way through the drunks, but I lost her almost immediately. I stood there a moment, scanning the crowd as it moved around me until the jostle of bodies became too much and I just moved with them. I didn't blame her. Chatting with me was trouble. Chatting with her was trouble. I was just a little too intoxicated to think about it. Honestly, I was a little too intoxicated in general. I gave up on the bartender and whatever dead-end tips might have come of it, and I had no interest in anything else he might be peddling. I kept walking. Ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And I stood upon the sands of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. 
see, my children, it is all foretold. The inhabitants of the earth, the inhabitants of the sea. The book of Revelation spoke to this very day and age as we gather as a people on the very threshold of Armageddon. For it is written, and the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues in pain, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. The word of God, praise Jesus, bless him who walked above the water and not below. Praise the holy book, God is still speaking to us. Can I get an amen? Can I see those calm units in the air? God is still speaking. God is still speaking. God is still speaking. God is still speaking. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I am the Ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Janibori first made her splash in Atlanta's art world five years ago. Her latest work explores the recombined experience in America. Tabitha Vale has more. Janibori's studio in South Atlanta occupies the gymnasium of a former elementary school. Look closely and you can still see the lines of a basketball court on the wooden planks. It also once provided shelter for climate refugees. Now it's home to a series of six concrete wall fragments from around the country, each once part of the nation's coastal fortifications against a growing recombined population. This one's from Louisiana, so I'm trying to incorporate the right mixture of immigrant cultures and the mural, so it's a lot trickier than you might think. You've got centuries of cross-cultural and multilingual heritage there, all before the oil crisis, of course. Ibori made her name in the art world with the use of decay-primed meta-pigments, creating murals that aged and eroded mere minutes after exposure. For her walls project, however, she's depending on traditional paints and practical materials. This wall segment is my favorite. See this? Smuggler's doors bored right through the concrete, and that's why they discarded it. Ibori grew up in Atlanta, one of some 10,000 transgen children legally adopted by cisgen parents before the outlaw of the practice. Through her art, she attempts to communicate the transgen experience to a wider audience, and in doing so, explore her own roots. Uh, I never fit in anywhere growing up, and when people found out, they, they treated me like I was exotic or told me that I belonged on a trawler or at least on the other side of these walls. I mean, even friends tried to convince me that I should just be content and be grateful. But I'm not. I mean, are you? I'm not content. I wandered through the crowded avenues of the bazaar. A complex I came to realize wasn't a single large module, but three of them lined up beside each other, all within the vast sprawl of Atlas. The second elongated chamber was much like the first, composed of overlapping spheres and stuffed with cheap, prefabricated structures to create the semblance of a crowded cityscape. It was mostly more of the same. Food stands and vending machines, a stall where a recombined tattoo artist inscribed someone's back with a graph ink scanner. A noisome arcade. But it wasn't all commerce and consumption in the Atlas Bazaar. I passed by divination machines, as gaudy as any pachinko or slot, their palm-reading panels and aura lenses smudged with the oil of countless fingerprints. The mechanical hands of an I Ching machine moved beneath a plexiglass bubble to flip coins and position yarrow stalks. A mere app couldn't cut it. We like our ancient fortune-telling physical. The machines gave way to slender alcoves devoted to deities and spirits from a dozen cultures. Recombined Jesus, as well as his predecessor. The Shui Xian Lords of Water, Mary, Ganesha, Maitreya, and the Buddha. Their gold leaf glistered in the light of glow sticks and artificial candles littered round their bases. I even spied an altar to the mother and father, abstract coral figures not worshipped till the advent of the Second Oil Age. The faithful clustered about, 
They were all races, all creeds, all genders, both branches of human genetic lineage. Bald heads bowed into guild necks, just stalls away from their landsfolk compatriots, all reaching out for something to hold their hand through the chaos. I admired their devotion, their ability to find solace in a demon-haunted world and distill hope from silent stone. And at the same time, I despised them for their certainty, the very strain of madness that my mother absconded with, to the Christ of the Wilderness Society and their landlocked compound to await some fabled rapture or return. I stopped and caught my breath beside an empty vestibule, its god removed for repairs, no doubt. I leaned against the wall. The basilisk was wearing thin, I felt for the applicator in my jacket and sensed the subdermal doses inside me, each just a mental exercise away from deployment. But no, I needed actual sleep if I was going to face Marsh and keep her nereids out of my head. Apathis conditioned or not, I needed rest. I looked up into the darkness of the alcove. For a fleeting second, I sensed someone lurking, watching me from within. I strained my eyes and saw that the stall was occupied after all. A shadowy saint stood in the murk, the substance of the statue somehow geologic, eroded, like something warped in the deepest thermal vents. I pushed myself up off the wall and left her. I let the comm unit guide me out of the bazaar, through twisting corridors and past recombined workers still glistening with seawater, just returned from their toils in open ocean. I reached the habitat module and scanned my way into a spherical room. No, not now. I'm not doing this now. I stripped out of my gear and stumbled into the room's shower pod. I let it wash over me, burning the grime and sweat from my body in a cloud of billowing steam. Stop. Water ration exceeded. Cutting off in five. No, just a bit more. Four, no, I'm not ready. Three. No. Two. I need to.
second Oil Age was produced by Robert Lamb, Alex Williams, Lauren Vogelbaum, and Josh Thane. This episode featured Angel Masters as Sinov Pan, Lauren Vogelbaum as Tabitha Vale, Julie Douglas as Jan Ibori, Jed Drummond as Pastor Obelisk, and Chuck Bryant as the bartender. Supporting voice work by Gina Rakiki and Alexander Williams. Intro, outro, and supporting music created by The Weirding Module. Learn more at module1485.bandcamp.com. Optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.